0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first episode of our new weekly format of Off the Wagon. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. Now that the offseason for the Thunder and Sooners truly is here, I've decided to try out a new weekly variety-style format where we mix and match people and topics depending on what's happening this week. Today, we have Ford from our Thunder Talk episodes in to discuss the NBA Conference Finals, a little bit of the draft lottery, the implications of Zion Williamson, most, I mean, clearly going to the New Orleans Pelicans, what what happens with the Anthony Davis sweepstake? It's a really interesting conversation. Um, we also have Ty Lee in uh, to talk some OU softball. Just got to the Super Regionals. Super exciting. Uh, we did We rank our best non big three college sports. And we also have a very special announcement that both of us are just incredibly excited about. Um, first, we have Ford right after this ad read. And then we have Ty coming in around the 35-minute uh, mark. So, yeah, if you want to skip topics, we, we have the time slots in the descriptor. We know it's a long episode. This is is it's, it's going to be good, but, you know, this, this will have to get you through the week. So, yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, so here's our ad read, and we'll get to it in a bit. All right, I am here with Ford Brandon. You might remember him as one of our co-hosts on uh, uh, Thunder Talk. And Ford, it's good to be back uh, talking NBA. I've, I've kind of been in hibernation for a bit. I love it. I love it. Yeah, for sure. So easily the most shocking thing, or at least I, thought, I was a little shocked with it, has to be not just the way the Warriors swept Portland, but... Just the fact that they swept him at all. What, what what was what was your biggest I guess takeaway from the Western Conference Finals, which really was just over in a week?
1: I think I mean like I predicted the series would have been five games max. I mean I really didn't see um, Portland challenging Golden State too much. I mean it was just a matchup nightmare for them. And but I thought the big I mean the biggest thing for me or at least the biggest takeaway from that series was really highlights how great the core three of the Warriors, the original Warriors, you know, Steph, uh, Clay, and Draymond are and um, how talented they are. And it really just – it was super nostalgic kind of throwing you back to 2015 and 16, you know, watching them move all up and down the court and the balls constantly moving and it's being passed, you know, from baseline to baseline, Steph's literally, you know, doing track meets around, you know, the half court. And, but also, what I really was super surprised about was, although I did think the series would have gone five games, you know, Max, I'm so I'm i shocked that Portland didn't pull one of them out, you know, being stripped, being uh, swept three straight postseasons, and being up 17 in Game Two, 18 in Game Three, and 17 in Game Four, two of those at home, and they and and like and they dropped all of the, like didn't win a game and you dropped all three of those huge leads, blow them all to an injured Warriors team who literally, it was without KD, without Iguodala, without DeMarcus Cousins, and you can't win a game. I, like,
0: yeah, I, I think that, yeah, if you, if you're, if you're a Blazer fan, you have to be feeling a little, little bitter about how that ended because this wasn't, well, this wasn't a golden state team at full power. It's just, It's kind of, it kind of felt like a Golden State team who finally is like, okay, let's play now. Let's actually play some basketball. Because Mm -hmm. I, you don't, you see, Golden State have impressive performance, but it's usually like one guy decides to go off and he can. But this was like, this felt like a team effort. Everyone was just vibing in a way that I hadn't seen probably since the finals last year. Mm
1: -hmm. I hadn't seen that much ball movement, I feel like, from Golden State since like 2016.
0: Yeah, and it, it it brings up a question that I think is a little silly: of is this team better without Durant? I I I, I mean you can't say that because Kevin Durant's I, Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the league. But also, my thing is like that team just was way more enjoyable to watch. It it they clearly looked more comfortable in that system because they're playing in a system again. It felt like we were looking at a relic from from years ago. It was kind of weirdly refreshing, honestly.
1: And Draymond's really proving my point that he's the most irreplaceable uh, player on this team when his game really opens up. I mean, he he he's like he's a point guard. I mean, well, I mean, he well point forward, or whatever you want to call it. But that the dude sees the floor like a point guard. I mean, he had a triple double. He had like twelve assist, 12, 13 assists, something like that. And he had that for three straight games. May not triple double, but he was he was playing lights out for three straight games.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was it was it was honestly one of the most impressive I- impressive performances I've seen in a playoff from him. Uh the guy absolute just Swiss Army knife of a player. Um and I got to I got to give it up to you. You you've been you've been kind of big on Draymond and you know, mm-hmm. I we kind of gone at it a bit, you know, in our our group text about, you know, who's more valuable, Durant or Draymond. Well, I would still say Durant just cuz he's he's the second best player in the league, but what Draymond does for this team, I don't know if there's another team that would benefit as much, and I don't think there's another team that Draymond would be as, as dominant on as the Warriors. It's just such a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. It, it, do you really, like, let me ask you this. Is there another team in the league you think Draymond would be this good on?
1: Um, I mean, Draymond's like LeBron. He thrives off of having teammates that can shoot lights out. So, I mean, and the team he's on obviously has the, you know, two of the arguably the greatest shooters of all time. Um, I mean, I've had, I haven't put much thought in it. I mean, because I thought they would have re-signed him anyway in free agency. Yeah. But if there was any team that I'd say he could excel on, um,
0: you know, maybe Houston. I could see Houston if they went like – if they decided to go into like a super small mode where you stick Draymond mm-hmm. kind of down there and you, you know, you move fast. I think that would be very mm-hmm. beneficial to the Rockets. I was kind of mm-hmm. going to say, say the Spurs. I know. Oh, that's, yeah. I know that's the, a little, that's a little system silly. System
1: teams.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kerr is a direct offshoot of Popovich. Everyone talks about, you know, the whole Phil Jackson thing. Well, people forget uh, S- Steve Kerr also uh, played with pop. So he's a pop disciple mm-hmm. as much as anyone in the league. I, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I get like, he would be, the way I'd put it, he'd be like Boris Diaw on steroids.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's a really good comparison. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. Uh, uh, Boris Diaw made a lot of, I mean, well, he, I mean, back in the you know 2014 finals, he really carved up that heat defense. Oh yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he was he running was, he, the floor and those crisp like passes back to the perimeter to Danny Green. Oh yeah. For an open three. Anything I mean, like that.
0: he was such just, Dio was such a unique player and, you know, had that kind of weird physique, you know, where he wasn't, he kind of was a little doughy, you know, he had that kind of weird look <laughs> to him, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Draymond just, I mean, he's he's a player who I think there's a very small, there's a small group of teams that could really know how to utilize him and you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think both the Warriors and him need to know that this is their they're two teams. two these, this mm-hmm. pairing
1: needs to continue for them to be good. Uh, speaking and, of, an, oh, go ahead. Oh well, I was going to go back to the um, conversation about which team is better. You know, the core three Warriors with or without Durant, and I would say this year, obviously with Durant, but back in 2016, you have to. I mean, people forget how deep that bench was. They, I mean, there was uh, there was Bogut. Sean Livingston was playing great. David West was playing great. Uh, they had David Lee. Yep. Remember that? Um, I don't think David had, was David Lee in 2016. He was 15, but 15, I mean, 15. I don't. He could have been on 16. I don't know. But I'm trying. There's one more player that I'm forgetting that I, could I, really I know really it, play. Um, uh, he, he's
0: on the tip of my my tongue too. It he uh, shoot. I'm blanking it. He um. Uh, God, he, he 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 immediately went to the Clippers after that 2016 year.
1: I'm trying well, to remember Harrison his Barnes
0: name. was on the team too. Well, yeah, Harrison Barnes. De- yeah, I, he was he was pretty good, honestly. It was. Uh, but if we're talking role players, there's one guy I'm blanking so hard on his name. He had like a weird thing on the side of his head.
1: Leandro Barbosa was playing.
0: Yeah, Barbosa uh, was all right. Uh, Maurice Spates. Yep, yep, Mo Spates. That's what Mo's it was.
1: Spates. He tore us up in Game Five, dude. Uh. They can like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That team was really deep and they could play. I mean, Durant, like when they're, thr- when they're thriving and that team is just on hitting on all cylinders, I'd probably take the Durant team just because, you know, it's Kevin Durant, is the best player in the world, you know? And I mean, it's, I mean, you know what? Well, I don't know, because now I'm going back on it, but uh, I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'd, t- I'd take the 2017 Warriors over 16. But if I had them in a series, that would definitely be a nail-biter seven games.
0: Yeah, and and when we're talking about depth, uh, it, it's, it, it's something to really actually appreciate with this Warriors team with what they've done with guys who, honestly, most people would say are no names. I mean, shoot, mm-hmm. just look at the starting five they had la- uh, last night. Other than the the core three, they had Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell in the starting five, and they yep. produced perfectly fine. Though that's mm-hmm. one of the things that Steve Kerr and those Warriors teams they had Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell playing major minutes. And a thing people don't appreciate enough about these Warrior teams is the way they've been able to develop and use these role player guys has been. You know, almost Popovich like.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to say the same thing. And, and these these wins, these comebacks, and these wins, games two through four. I mean, as much as it highlights the core three of the Warriors, I think you really got to give Steve Kerr some credit. You know, because we we've, we've all been wondering is he a top ten coach? Is he top five? I mean, we haven't seen him. You know, produce without you know all these all stars. And now when the whole team goes down, basically, and it's just the remaining core three Warriors with a bunch of, you know, scrubs and no names, and he pulled out a sweep versus a very, very good Portland Trailblazer team who's had a hell of a year. And I think he really got to give it up to Steve Kerr.
0: Of course. And the thing is, it seems they just have such a wealth of talent that it's hard to really properly judge this team. Um, Mm -hmm. But I agree. I think Kerr... You know when when they really need his coaching chops he's he's just been insanely great
1: mm-hmm. uh, well um <laughs> and, well and i also think you know i mean this is this is just kind of you know a, not a conspiracy theory but maybe something i was thinking about um was that i i saw i saw a report yesterday on fox sports about chris broussard went on air and he started talking about how i'm hearing things that kevin durant while he's been injured has been actively recruiting players to go to New York with him. And I don't – I mean, he didn't name names on who those players were, but he said he is actively recruiting reports saying – which is basically saying, like, win or lose, I'm out of here. And I think it, uh, that, um, that takes part on two things. One, I think the Warriors – I mean, the Warriors, like, the core three can't help but hear that. You know you're hearing that noise. And it might, they might have a chip on their shoulders. So, and, and going back to what Draymond said at the beginning of the year, saying, you know, uh, at Staples Center where uh, him and Durant got in that fight and said, we're, "We were, like, we were winning before and without you. Like, we don't need you. We're going to win either way. You're just a fucking luxury, you know? Yeah. I think they kind of have a chip on their shoulder because they know he's out. And so they want to prove to themselves and Kevin Durant that they still got it and they can win without him.
0: I think that might have something to do with it, honestly, because I'm pretty sure they know that Durant's gone. Oh, I, every, oh yeah, they know. Everyone knows Durant's gone. You and I know it. Let, let's be real. It just, he, he's moving on. And, you know. It really
1: I, feels like the last dance, you know, like the Bulls, like in 98. Like, this is the last dance of the Warriors. Like, it yeah. really feels like that.
0: Writing's on the wall. It's just, the, this is the last time we see the, the team with this much talent. Honestly, that's a good thing. Uh, from oh, a yeah, from a non- yeah from a non-biased perspective that's a completely good thing because i yeah. i think the biggest problem with durant to the warriors it didn't it, it not only made kevin durant you know less fun to watch it also made the warriors less fun to watch it ruined probably what it, what, what would have been the two most exciting things about this era uh in 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 a single throw because Durant's more fun on his own and the Warriors are more fun when they're playing this brand of basketball. And it's an absolute mm-hmm. shame. Uh it it's just it's it's really an unfortunate thing. He Durant could have gone anywhere and this would have been a lot better. But mm-hmm. you know what? Just uh, let's just uh, let's just hope it falls apart in some way and move on.
1: And uh, I think I think Durant is really starting to notice it now, where he's like, you know, I've been telling myself for years that they can't win without me. But now they are, and he. I think he's get I think he's starting to crack, and he and he's desperately wanting to go somewhere else now to really prove his legacy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, now, before we move on past the series, let's kind of let's let's talk about the Blazers a bit. Um, this was a really tough series for Damian Lillard. It it kind of seemed like, you know, at least during the Thunder series, we kind of talked about this a bit that he mm-hmm. wasn't going to be hot forever. And of course, as we know, he stayed hot completely through yeah. that series sputtered a bit in the denver series but this this was a little too much for the poor guy
1: yeah and i mean there were reports of like you know the separated rib he did have that. Like yeah, that. that's right that's and, right in game in games three and four he really didn't look right you know but still i do think um what i think hinder or uh, you know it's kind of a black mark on his legacy is not the way he played in this series because there are reports of the broken rib and you have to give him that and versus the Warriors team with a chip on their shoulder who really, really badly want to win. But what I think is a black mark on his legacy is being swept out of the playoffs three straight years. And although two of those were to the Warriors, only five teams in NBA history have really done that. And it just kind of – I mean – I. If you, if you, and especially the way that they did lose what, you know, when I was talking about getting, you know, blowing all those leads and didn't, and weren't able to pull one game out. I mean, I just, I think it's a black mark on his legacy and all, but although championships and winning, you know, kind of erase that. Like Shaq, Shaq and Penny and the magic were swept out of the playoffs three straight years but then Shaq left and then went on to win championships and you never, you you, you don't think about that at all. But I don't it may, it, which, I mean, uh, Dame's going to stay in Portland and he won't win a championship there, but I admire him wanting to stay there anyway. But I think that that is going to kind of stick with him through yeah, his legacy.
0: I, I think you got to kind of grade Lillard and really anyone who runs into the Warriors, this Warriors team, you, differently because, Honestly, you, you got to kind of grade him like you did the other guys in the 90s who ran into Jordan Bulls. Uh, Lillard is... I, I hesitate to compare him to Stockton because Stockton was a different level, but he, he's hes kind of like in the Gary Payton type of range yeah. of stardom. He, he's never going to be in the GOAT conversations. He's always going to be a very, very good player who, who carved out his own little niche in this era of of NBA history and should be appreciated but he's just, he's not in that that hemisphere,
1: um, mm-hmm. which... I mean, he's just, I mean, I agree with you too. I mean, he just kind of ran into, you know, an all-time dynasty and just couldn't get, and didn't have the talent and the firepower to compete with him.
0: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but really that, that Portland team, you know, given everything, given the Nurkic injury and whatnot, they, they really, they really... Really, probably over. Well, not probably. I think they overachieved this season, and coming and and coming off of coming off of that really brutal sweep uh, last year, it's a good season for the Blazers. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Overall, it was it was a great year. Yeah it it
0: it was it was an interesting year for the West that ended in just kind of the most nihilistic way possible. It was it was one of the tightest, most tightly contended like uh, Western Conference. Uh, years in the regular season and it ended in a sweep which oh, yeah uh, it, not not just a sweep but a sweep uh at the hands of the clearly uh, mm-hmm. uh the the clearly injured team okay so
1: for, seth curry probably feels like shit right now too
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> his brother just took a
1: dump <laughs> on him
0: <laughs> yeah it was that was that was it was it was a tough look for my guy seth that was just that was brutal. Um. Just, just a quick reminder that he's uh, clearly the lesser Curry. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, that's we'll say goodbye to the Western Conference Finals. Now, we are recording this on the twenty first. Uh, there is that Bucks uh, pivotal Bucks uh, Raptors game four tonight. So, Very it, short. It, 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 would, it would be consider we're airing this. You know, the day after the event, we're probably not going to. Well, let's not talk about like. Who we think is going to win? Because we'll it'll just be cold take central no matter what. But I will ask you this: <laughs> Oh, I will ask you this, especially for the Bucks. Uh, well, really, either of these teams. Do you think Giannis Giannis's Bucks prime Let's just start with the Bucks. Do you think they have any shot against the Warriors?
1: Uh, a healthy Warriors or uh, like with Kevin Durant and with Iggy? Let's say with Iguodala
0: and like a fifty percent Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. They got
1: shot. I oh, still yeah? don't think they would win, but that I well, I think um, a healthy Warriors versus a healthy Bucks. I think that goes six games minimum either way. It, I yeah, think, I think I think Milwaukee definitely has enough firepower, and their team is really well rounded enough to, to keep up with the Warriors. Um, not not last year. Not twenty seventeen, but this year and during a three peat year, I think they would have, you know, enough gas in the tank to really give the Warriors a good fight, but I don't think they'd win.
0: I think the biggest thing is they're going to need a healthy they're gonna need a healthy Kevin Durant. Uh one of the biggest things mm-hmm. that the Thunder had in twenty sixteen against the Warriors that really well, and the Cavaliers, of course, that they had against the Warriors is they had a really they had that athletic, you know, freakish, you know, forward that could do it all on the court and that really gave that small ball lineup a lot of troubles, especially on defense. Um so they're going to need Durant back. Uh because we've seen what the Iguodala um the Iguodala Draymond combo can, you know, that that's kind of the downfall of what was the original death lineup. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what you know, where Durant's at, or even DeMarcus Cousins. I, I, I think if either of those two are remotely healthy, the series probably swings Golden State 5. Um, really? You
1: think yeah. it would be
0: five games? I think the offensive firepower is just a little too much for, for Milwaukee. Um, now, if if Durant's not feeling, you know, full strength or anything, I could, I could see Giannis having a freak game and breaking out, but he's just... He's just not, he's kind of struggling this
1: series. And he's partial- getting shot down by Kawhi Leonard, but you also have to, you know, I mean, he's being guarded by, you know, a top two defender in the league.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And the problem with the, with the Warriors is, especially if Durant's healthy, they'd be layering. So you'd, you'd, have, you'd have to go against Iguodala, then Durant, then Draymond. You know, that's, mm-hmm. they're going to throw the kitchen sink at him. He's probably not going to get whatever he wants inside if everyone's healthy. Um, but it's, it's going to be an interesting series. I'm, I'm excited to see how that potential series pans out. Uh, and I was going to
1: say, this one's not over. This one's not over. And not. I think this series, I mean, it's, it's a lot closer than it seemed. Um, I mean, Milwaukee obviously beat their ass in game two. But in game one, Toronto was up until the last, like, three minutes. You know, and then Milwaukee went on like an eight oh run and stole game one to go out you know, or uh, which helped them get gain their two oh lead. And then in game three, it was an, I know, like Giannis was had like four points in like both the overtimes and that, and Toronto barely squeaked that one out. That could have been an oh three hole. Exactly.
0: Like, the, the thing is in that game two they needed a remarkable performance from Kyle Lowry to even stay in it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's just I don't know. I I feel like I feel like the Raptors have gone this far and they haven't had to face against they haven't they haven't had to really worry about weathering the Giannis game. Every mm-hmm. star has one game in a series. It feels like yeah, you know, the the real ones that show up in the playoffs that if if they just get everything, um, and we need to see if Giannis is there. I think he, I really do think he can. I really think this. You know, and I, I'm going on cold take alert here. You know, I <laughs> correct. Y'all can, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong tomorrow. Uh, I think game four might be a prime moment for him to take over the series and, you know, mm-hmm. s- and send this thing back to Toronto to finish it out. But – or uh, Milwaukee uh, and finish it out. But, you know, it, it's it's hard because Kawhi might be one of the – might be – I think he actually is the most seasoned playoff veteran in the East mm-hmm. that's left. Uh, the, People forget. The guy's been through a lot of a lot of stuff. Multiple NBA Finals, multiple duels. Uh, He's a
1: Finals MVP who shut down LeBron. Exactly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and and shut down Durant multiple times. Like the guy, yeah. the guy has it in him. Uh, it just, we'll see. Game Game Four is going to be interesting. So uh,
1: yeah, and I, Kawhi can't carry Toronto and the Raptors. Like versus the Bucks, like he did versus Philadelphia. Exactly. Uh, Milwaukee's a way more well-rounded of a team. They have the best player in the East than Giannis, and I, I, I mean, I think mainly the reason why Toronto has been barely hanging in this series alive is because Kawhi's had to carry them, and uh, the ben- the Toronto's bench really has just played mediocre.
0: Yeah, it's. It's, it's been tough. Kawhi's just had to be that guy because, I mean, anyone who's watched Toronto the past couple of years know that their biggest players always shut down, you know, in the playoffs at, at some point. And mm-hmm. Kawhi's just not that type of guy, and he's, he's, he's
1: been carrying them, so. Uh-huh. And uh, Siakam hadn't played, like, most improved player at all. He, had he, has not play- he hadn't played that great in the last, like, five games.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. They, they they really need Siakam to be that guy. Uh, I'd argue mm-hmm. that Siakam's probably the real number two, other than like yeah. over Lowry over Lowry. Siakam yeah, is for just...
1: Lowry for Lowry being a playoff choker, he's played decently well like in these these playoffs this postseason.
0: Yeah. Well before we move on, uh, let's just touch a little bit on the, on the on the lottery. So obviously crazy stuff with uh, uh, Zion True. going number one, or will probably go go number one unless they go insane to there's the no, New Orleans there's Pelicans. No way. There's no way. There's no
1: way. Um, I mean, unless New Orleans wants to be, like, pull, like, a Sacramento Kings move or something. <laughs> or draft, yeah. you know, Darko Milicic, like, oh, oh, LeBron, you know. <laughs>
0: oh, God, yeah. The, that Darko pick. Always, always the
1: worst. You literally um, could have had Dwayne Wade or Melo. Yeah, and not and not <laughs> like that, but you forget, yeah.
0: you forget what that Pistons team was. You know, they won the finals the very next year. Uh-huh. You know, How with they
1: get that. that pick uh, anyway,
0: they had some sort of trade with Memphis, I believe, or something. I it, it was some sort of that some sort of deal that you know they got a sweetheart of a you know of a pick out of I don't know I, the, the, the Memphis Boston Grizzlies. Thing, right? Yeah, something like that. It was
1: it was crazy, but swindled the Nets. <laughs> into giving up your next six years of worth of first round picks,
0: and it's still weird to me that the Nets somehow very like crawled their way out of that, crawled their way out of giving you know throwing the kitchen sink at Alan Crab. It, it's it's remarkable. It's remarkable. <laughs> it was really
1: hard for them not to, but they they withstood the urge. <laughs> well, no, they did it anyway. So they they, <laughs> I I guess mean, they it, didn't give him a max. It was close.
0: <laughs> no, they gave him they gave him a contract that was. Very absurd, um, oh, but how do you feel that this new lottery format, you know, changes? Uh, do you, are you are you a fa- are you in it. favor of it? I love it. I love the chaos.
1: Oh yeah, because it gets rid of tanking. Because now the top three worst teams this year, literally. I mean, I mean, the Knicks, the, the Knicks got the third pick and they had the worst record, and then Cleveland and Phoenix had the second and third worst, well, and Chicago had the fourth worst, and they ended up what was it five, six, and seven? Or did Chicago get eight? Uh, I believe Chicago has seven. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so I th- that com- that completely just um, I think changes the mindset of a lot of these teams that are trying to tank for next season. Really saying that we almost have a better shot being trying to be competitive. You know?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's really setting. it. I, I think it's something where when they changed the the rules, it didn't set in. You know, to people that if you have the fifteen percent. That's still very small. That's a very big difference. Um, I mean, the Knicks fans thought that you know they was, it was just going to be gifted to them. They really did, and uh, you know mm-hmm. the, the amount of the amount of Knicks fans I've seen who are like,
1: they ruined the league
0: by not giving us the first pick. I'm like, well, it's 50. You're going to get man. the
1: rant anyway. Come yeah, on.
0: Yeah, just calm down, guys. Calm down. So, it, yeah, I, I, I think... I'm all in favor of it. I think teams are going to. to I think teams are going to do different things from now. I think it really changes the strategy from this point on, and yeah, I'm um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm I'm really I,
1: intrigued. Yeah, I, uh, I think it was a huge win for small market teams. Um, but uh, then again, I mean, this is arguably the wildest draft lottery the league has ever seen.
0: You know, without a doubt, without or, a doubt,
1: or at least you know, top three, something like that. So this isn't going to happen next year. You know, odds are, you know one of the top three, four worst teams is going to get the number one pick instead of New Orleans, who was pegged at, like, nine, something like that. Something like this nine. Week, yeah, this was a win for the small market teams. Um, Memphis really needed a point guard, and they're going to get John Morant. Um, and I think this is – I mean, obviously, its just, I mean, the league rigged it, in my opinion, but, I mean, <laughs> for less, of a fourth pick, dude, that's <laughs> so bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I mean that was, a, I mean, that, was a, that was a huge. I mean, obviously, I mean the Lakers were pegged to get, or they were projected to get like the 11th pick or something like that. And so, obviously, an upgrade to four is magnificent and huge. But um, I think the real, I mean, obviously, New Orleans is the winner in, in Zion. They're obviously they are the winner of the draft, and that's huge. But I think people, I think a, a, another reason which people are overlooking as to why they're huge winners is now they have a huge leverage over the Anthony Davis trade now.
0: Oh, Of course, they they really I mean they can do whatever they want. They can make Anthony especially if the league uh, puts him in the same place, you know, the the rules they had towards the end of the season make make Anthony Davis stay there, you know, maybe he gets some like I don't know, uh, Stockholm syndrome likes playing with, with Zion, you know, yeah. it gives he gets he gets a feeling of it. I I don't know. I just well, it it really you never changes know that how d- their chemistry is going to work out. Exactly, it changes that dynamic entirely. I, I'm really excited
1: with it, um, and I but think I, Anthony Davis. I mean, he he genuinely really liked New Orleans. I mean, he made a lot of strong comments about them until he hired Rich Paul, and I think Rich Paul really got in his head. You know, showing him the glisten the glamour of L A. and I think really, you know. Twisted his mind and and converted him to and to and convincing him to want to go that path. So you well, never know how this one's gonna go.
0: Yeah. Well, quick question before we go: What's your favorite NBA conspiracy theory, uh, theory right now? Because I my mine right now. Yeah, I, I have I, I have one that I think is pretty hilarious. I my
1: my I mean my conspiracy theory is definitely I, possibly you know this year's draft to keep Anthony Davis in New Orleans and avoid him going to, you know, a, an LA, you know, with LeBron. I, I mean, I think because uh, New Orleans is on the brink, of, like if they didn't get the number one pick and they ended up trading Anthony Davis, you know, and, you know, for a, maybe a subpar deal, I don't know, who knows, They could, you know, a deal that didn't involve, you know, Jason Tatum or something like that, you know, where they actually got a quality package in return. If they didn't get some luck in the lottery, they're not bringing in free agents; they would have been bad, and I and the fans wouldn't. There would have been four people showing up to the game, like they would have had to be like, give tickets for free, like that place could have definitely moved after like two or three years.
0: Yeah, they would. They sh- they would basically be filing their relocation, you know, papers for Seattle, and you know, a year. Oh yeah, so they'd be and gone. The, I,
1: but the odds, though, for New Orleans to get the odds for New Orleans to get in the top four was like. Six percent, something like that. So, something like to get that. the number one pick, it was like two. It like, was crazy. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was absolutely wild. Mine has to be this conspiracy theory that all the Maverick fans have come up with that the NBA hates them and is constantly trying to screw them in the draft lottery. You won a championship. I <laughs> I know the 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 Dallas fan narrative that there's some sort of tortured sports market is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing to me. <laughs> what? The, no, they're they, they, bringing
1: away your first round pick.
0: You, it's your fault? You did that this year. <laughs>
1: what are you talking about?
0: Well, they're like, they, 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 I feel like I've all, most of my Dallas friends always talk about how how awful it is for them. I'm like, look, you've been to the World Series twice. You can't complain about that. You won an NBA title in 2011. You have it. That means you have a 10 year gap to avoid any any complaining. I think. Hmm. And maybe it's 10 your might
1: be it's your 10 might be a little far.
0: Jason Garrett as your head coach <laughs> exactly yeah the Cowboys I, I'm, I'm sorry the Cowboys they're, they're just doomed to this weird sense of mediocrity <laughs> and I I kind of love it I don't know why o- Oklahomans yeah. have this weird relationship with the Dallas Cowboys where despite the fact that the third probably the largest football team brand in the country it's three hours down the, ra- the three hours down the way but half the people hate them and maybe a quarter love them, and then the the rest mm. just don't care. But it's it's really interesting to me uh, this this Dallas dynamic because they just
1: I don't it know they good. just
0: it's crazy I don't know um, I know you can't I know you I know you can't I know you can't say much on the subject I'm sure
1: oh uh, yeah well <laughs> not like Caitlin Bolsonaro. <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> that's would, a good point yeah, she, would, she wouldn't be very happy but uh, also a touch up on the lottery. Just because I mean, I just thought of this because I've been thinking of like Anthony Davis trades because obviously New Orleans, like the last team in the world that they want to trade is the Lakers, who, in fact, I don't think have the best package at all. People just want to see Anthony Davis pair with LeBron, which is fair. But Kyle Kuzma is the only guy who is appealing in that package. Lonzo Ball can't stay healthy, although his upside, you know, is pretty favorable. Is um, it though? I, I, I think he has potential. Um, yeah, but I mean, he, he was whole... I feel like his whole thing was branded on
0: shooting, and he hasn't done yeah. jack squat with that
1: at yeah. all. Yeah, exactly. But he he does see the floor pretty well. Um, he, he I mean, I think... I mean, I'm not saying he will become, you know, this player, but jason he reminds me a lot like Jason Kidd, because Jason Kidd struggled to score early on in his career as well. But I just also, see him as,
0: like, a tall Rondo. You
1: know, that would really suck. <laughs> I'm <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. He's not... He,
0: he, He's not tall Rondo. It's just, it's, it's just funny to call anyone who can't shoot Rondo despite the fact they're yeah. not.
1: <laughs> yeah, at Tyler. At uh, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but also, and Brandon Ingram, that dude has, like, a serious medical condition. I wouldn't want to take that. And all the draft picks they're able to offer are would be late first rounders. Like, I don't want... I, I can get a way better package. Boston can give me a better package. Hell, New York can give you a better package. If New York... And that that was one of the teams that was on Anthony Davis's list that he'd be willing to stay. And they could they could draft R.J. Barrett at number three and pair him a college teammate with Zion. Plus, like you throw in Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson or and an, another pick or something like that. You know, that's a pretty appealing deal. Yeah, that's a spicy deal.
0: Yeah, the, it is a very spicy deal. I think, <laughs> I think I think I think I think the Knicks. I I actually don't think that's. I don't I, I think at some point the Knicks just need to rebuild like a normal team. But yeah. that's not going to happen this year. They they they're, they're definitely going to sell the farm. Those assets are going to be decent like pretty good down the road and then something's going to go wrong in free agency like it always does for them. Mm-hmm. But I I agree. I think the Lakers, I mean like Gail Benson she didn't literally say it, but she basically said <laughs> uh, she will trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers over her dead body. <laughs>
1: I mean that might happen soon though. Isn't she like ninety? <laughs> yeah, hey man, I, this 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 got
0: dark quick, man. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean,
1: mean hey me, She walked into it. Man. Hey man,
0: I, I guess she might have. Um, <laughs> on that note, I think we'll end this segment. <laughs> Ford, mm-hmm. it was nice, Ford, man. It was nice ch- chatting mm-hmm. with you. Uh, we'll we'll definitely have you on uh, more times as the season progresses. Uh, or off season. It's basically the real NBA season. Let's be real. It's way more interesting. Oh yeah. But yeah. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. This is fun. yeah I guess right. uh, we we should plan. We're doing a draft day. Podcast, oh yeah,
0: right. Oh yeah. We'll we'll get a draft pod. Oh, without yeah, a doubt. We'll be
1: there for that then. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. We'll de- we'll definitely do a draft pod. So yeah. All right. See you on man. All right. dope. See you. So, oh, hey, you're still here. Well, thank you for listening. We're about to get into the softball conversation. But if you hear this, I would like to let you know that we are open for advertisements. Yes, I know you're sick of hearing the same Anchor ad over and over again. However, you can change this. For the low, low price of $10 an episode, you can now message me on Twitter and I will record your ad for literally anything. I do not care what it is. I will say it. As long as it's relatively clean, I will say it. So yeah, you want any sort of ad? This is a special offer for you right now. To anyone listening to this? All right. So without further ado, here is our softball conversation with Ty Lee. Next segment, we are here with Ty Lee. Ty, welcome on.
2: What's going on, everyone? Hello, Bobby. Glad to, uh, glad to be back on.
0: Yeah, for sure. So y'all definitely listen. Y'all've heard Ty before. We've done some pretty all-time classics like the uh, mascot ranking, and you know some other. Uh, I what was it? The tradition one.
2: Yes, college uh, college football traditions was another yep. good Buzzfeed level journalism. Oh
0: yeah, it was. It was we. Yeah. Well, you've definitely known him from the Buzzfeed stuff, but uh, we're here today to talk a little, talk a little OU softball. Everyone's favorite. Uh, you know, sport to watch when everything kind of shuts down in the summer. But before we get into that, uh, quick announcement uh, here. Ty is joining me as uh, the firm co-host of the Schooner Pod. Jameson will still be around. Uh, he'll he'll definitely pop in a, t- a ton. He's still a co-host. But you can expect Ty every week. Me and Ty, we got it. So, Ty, welcome welcome to the, uh, to the big leagues.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I got the uh, I got the call up to the to the big leagues, mostly because Jameson is is doing something with his life, and I am taking my second freshman year of college, so I'll have some more free time. But we're gonna give you guys some quality content, so there's that.
0: Yeah, for sure, it's about to be some, some good stuff, and I'm sure you're excited to be moving back to Oklahoma. So, yeah. I uh,
2: yeah, Virginia is great, and uh, North Carolina was great, but I'm excited to be coming back.
0: We're gonna cut the whole Virginia is great thing just in case Key's listening, so he probably no. isn't. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> we <laughs> can't we're give we're him kidding. too much. We can't give him too much credit. All yeah, right.
2: Who
0: are we kidding? No one's listening. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> for, for, for Ty and I, we'll be giving you some great OU football content down the line. But uh, for now, let's talk about the one sport that everyone cares about, mainly because we're actually good at it: OU softball. So, uh, Ty. How much have you been paying attention to your softball this year?
2: Okay, so I'm not going to lie. Being in Virginia, I've had more coverage than I thought I would have just because of when softball comes on at just the time of year. I've been able to catch a few games here and there, but uh, not not as much as I would like. But I would like to be able to go to, to many of the games. So... I mean TV is, is one thing. Oddly enough, I think I can watch softball more on TV than I can baseball, which shout out to OU baseball. They're actually relatively relevant this year, which is awesome to see. But uh so I'm I'm yeah a little bit moderately familiar with uh with OU softball this year. So I think I can I can speak to it a little bit in the next couple of minutes and maybe educate the uh the listeners.
0: Which is good, mainly because I, like probably most of the listeners, have just started tuning in to OU Softball, as is tradition. Uh, just show up at the end, right when it gets interesting, because for the most of the season, OU just steamrolls everyone, so it's not that interesting.
2: That is true. Yeah, that is true. It's not your, uh, your stereotypical Oklahoma sport, which is really convenient because, like you're saying, softball really becomes relevant right when everyone else loses in the first round of the playoffs as in as is a uh, oklahoma tradition so
0: that is uh,
2: <laughs> it, that is convenient
0: of course it's it's pretty it's pretty fantastic it's the one sport that we just cruise through it's also the one sport that we have like a weird geographic advantage over i always feel like whenever we play teams in you know the playoff or something that's always i don't know you'll, you'll always end up like clemson in florida and you have to go all the way over there or uh in Miami or Florida State in Miami, or basically anytime you're in Miami, you're playing a Florida team or someone on that coast, or yeah, uh, uh, let's LSU in New Orleans is a death trap. But you know what, Oklahoma has we, we're not actually leaving the state like at all this postseason.
2: Yeah, that is a that's pretty convenient. Honestly, I want to say that that's mostly because of our success. I know that we play in Norman a lot, but I know that we've played big tournaments in Oklahoma City at the uh, at the Dodgers or the, the Red Hawks or IP Red Hawks. They will always be Red Hawks in my mind. Um, stadium in the past. So
0: now you would actually think that they play softball there, but they actually, for some reason, we have the uh, softball Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City. They
2: don't wait. They don't play there.
0: So no, they play like in
2: Oklahoma City, they don't play there.
0: No, they have an entire, like, oh just softball goodness. facility, yeah.
2: Okay, well, okay. Everything else I'm going to say is true. That was an assumption. So it, now, it's... everything I thought I knew about softball is crushed.
0: <laughs> Full disclosure, this is a softball podcast, or a softball podcast segment for people who do not really know much about softball. So really, don't... Co-
2: this is a, yeah, this is a, this is a football podcast at a softball school trying mm-hmm. to cover softball.
0: Exactly, we are just all in this together. this is this is if so if you're confused, this is a no judgment zone because we do not know that much. uh, but they play, but uh every year uh, they play the uh, World Series at the ACA Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City. It's right next to the zoo and the omniplex uh and then o u got the one seed this year, so they hosted their own regional and super regional so my my question is, is it unfair that o u has? Uh, a completely home path to the championship
2: um so i don't i maybe i mean if you win then you deserve to uh to kind of get that advantage you know that's that's kind of my stance in every sport um oddly enough i think just off the top of my head this is only the second or third Every time that we've been the one seed going into the uh the playoffs let me see if i have that here in my notes so that's uh that's actually pretty interesting because that's not something that you would assume just kind of being an, an ou softball fan or being an, an ou student or an ou fan uh you know that that the softball team has been very successful as of really the past decade and uh really the past 23 years since uh patty has been the coach but uh yeah i think i think 2013 was the first time that we were number one coming in and this is going to be the second maybe third ever time so yeah i mean you got to use that advantage when you have it it's uh i think it's a more significant advantage this might be controversial with people i think it's a more significant advantage in a series sport where everything is being played at one location so it's pretty significant in football but that's one game that you have a little bit more time to prepare for and you know it's relatively significant in basketball but I think that in a, a series sport where you're playing it all in one spot and with not a lot of time in between the games, that it can really, you can really ride momentum, you know, kind of like a run in basketball, um, where you can really keep it going and, and potentially maybe get the leg up and ride that through a couple games. That's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sure
2: people are going to have different opinions on that. I, you could definitely make a really strong argument for it being a lot more significant in a, a one and done type, you know, football playoff where you'll, you only have one game, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it is a pretty significant advantage, but at the same time, I, we're pretty deserving. We, oh, you softball set the NCAA record this season for longest win streak at 41 games. Um just lost one the other week and that was the first time since February that we lost. Um which is that is I don't know how many other OU sports, if any other OU sports hold an an NCAA win streak, but I thought it was kind of interesting that uh even the 41 game softball streak where they play, you know, a significant number of games in a season is still less than, than OU football's 47. So I thought that was pretty cool. I had to loop football back into it, but
0: of course, yeah. Well, and and not only that, that was just the home win streak. Uh, like overall, I believe there. yeah, yeah, that was just a home win streak, and that was dating back to oh. uh to 2017. We lost a game to North Dakota State at home for some reason in the uh, first round of the playoff, and had to like crawl our way back into into it. I never lost a game the entire way, and one ended up winning the World Series. That was a fun year.
2: No, 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 no. I was, yeah. I, we have the Division okay. One single season record, forty-one game winning streak.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had, we had, yeah. We had the, we had the. That's right. We, we also okay. had the. the we, yeah. we did have a regular season streak going too. You're right. You're right. And that yeah. got broken okay. with that last. I few- to
2: check that. I, I made a promise a few minutes ago that I wasn't going to spit out anymore.
0: No, you you I, I had a I had them mixed up because both of them were in the forties. The home streak, yeah. the home streak, and the um, yeah. I just saw a commercial with Bob Stoops taking a shot. I'm sorry to I have to deviate here. I just saw a commercial for Maddie McMillan's Irish Pub and Bob Stoops with his little goatee is just taking a shot with a group of people.
2: He's really living his best life. Shout out to Bob. Oh yeah. I was uh once again. I don't know if I did this in our group chat. I was hopeful again uh, in these past couple weeks that the the dream scenario of Bob to AD and and AD to president would occur, but uh, that's okay. Bob is uh he's living his best life and he's happy, so that's the important thing.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, and you know that I don't know. The XFL looks like it could be fun. Anyways, we are we are we, we need to grab ourselves.
2: <laughs> We keep looping this back into football. This is a softball pod for a softball school.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are, we, we are, we are a softball and gym school now. Well, not even now. We've always been that, but it seems like. But so, OU softball. In case you didn't know, very good. This seems to be probably one of their best teams ever. Um, mainly because a lot of the the two major offensive players that you that I uh, remember from. The 2017 and 2016 runs Shane Knighton and Sydney Romero are back both have the big bats Sydney Romero uh, just set a school record for I believe at bats in general but um yeah no the in terms of offense we're one of the best in the country averaging some like eight runs per game so they're good
2: yeah no we are we're an impressive force offensively and And really, one of the things that I think is important to mention, um, because I really want to try to loop in, you know, and get as many people that aren't excited about softball, truly excited about softball. Um, Interesting connection here with football, because I know that all of our listeners love um, OU football. Our starting pitcher that is really helping us She's pitched several significant no-hitters this season. Um, Her name is Giselle Juarez, and she is a transfer. She is a star transfer, as in the the recent tradition of OU, with quarterbacks.
0: Praise be to transfer portal.
2: Yeah, so she played for two years at at Arizona State. And I murky reasons, it kind of just sounds like she wasn't really feeling it there. Um, you know how it is for for college athletes Um, you know you only get your four years of eligibility and you really gotta to uh, take charge of your own four years and if you're really not feeling it really take advantage of that and she she did that she played at Arizona State and um, was very good there and then I guess just wasn't feeling it and now she's transferred to OU Ands has really been a key addition to this team because like you said, uh we've we've been pretty significant offensively and, and pretty significant with our our at bats. But to have someone that is able to go up there and consistently dominate from the mound, which I, I I believe that's proper terminology for softball as well, is just been so crucial to making this a complete team that uh really has a chance like i i just double checked my notes this is the second time ever (laughs) Uh, like i was saying that we've been number one coming into the uh the tournament so this is uh it's very significant that we're able to to come in as a more complete team because everyone knows how how successful and how dominant we've been with i don't want to say incomplete teams but maybe less complete teams so she's been a she's been a really awesome addition.
0: Exactly, and you know one one of the things that made the 2017 softball team so good is that pitching combo of Paige Parker and Paige Lowry. Lowry were just unstoppable at times. I mean, they uh, the fact that you can have two pitchers who were some of the best in softball rotating were I mean that just that is just absolutely brutal. Um, yeah. Losing. The, yeah, and losing them was a big issue, but uh, G. Juarez seemed is absolutely a a, a dominant player. Um, in oh, in the,
2: yeah, I forgot I forgot
0: the G. Oh no, yeah, it, it still works. Um, she, I mean, I mean, just think about like the her performance uh, that she had in this in this regional first game. Throws a perfect game against UMBC, who, of course. Uh... I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm just saying. Even even though it's softball, got to be a little worried when they're the uh, worst seed in in softball or the worst seed in something playing a one seed. That's pretty nerve wracking. Um, I'm gonna
2: say is I, did you see that UMBC was uh, They were trying to talk. Uh, talk shit. I don't know if we're gonna have to bleep that or not. Um, uh, we, we can say shit. Why not? They were trying to talk shit on Twitter uh, before the game and. Uh, it uh it ended up blown up back in their face there were some pretty uh, pretty funny quote tweets and retweets of their tweet where um, they said something along the lines of of hitting several home runs or something like that and then we went and uh put up over uh, i think a dozen points in a no-hitter and uh,
0: <laughs> not just a no-hitter a perfect game they didn't even get yeah. on base like what yeah,
2: you like... came back to bite them
0: I think they got run ruled, which is something that should probably only happen to little league teams. So, yeah. R. R. I. P. U. M. B. C. You were you were good boys, but or girls, I guess in this case. But, yeah, no, they they gone. Um, and then the second game they, <laughs> the second game they put up a no hitter. She's just she's incre- incredibly good. So, names yeah. to watch. So definitely names to watch. g y Wise, Sydney Romero and uh, Shade Knighton. You know for. For you old seasoned veterans of the uh of the softball watching game, so yeah, well, uh, they're playing northwestern who yep. you, who you noted before uh, the pod uh, played us twice this year and yep. got shut out twice.
2: Yes, we have significantly shut them out both times again. Um, that's one of those things though, is when you get down to that uh that tournament. tournament is the correct term correct it's a tournament okay yeah so again listeners bear in mind with us this is our first softball pod so uh we're learning as you do in in some extent but yeah so you know it's different than the regular season again uh, as with every sport but i i don't foresee northwestern really being any challenge at all and i think one of our one of our advantages coming into this is the fact that we had that 41-game winning streak that was then broken very recently by Wisconsin. So that's still on the players' minds. And and that was one thing that that I saw with it is my opinion was awesome that we set the record, but now... It's been broken. What's done is done. You can't control the past. And now they don't have that weight on their shoulders anymore. And and uh, Patty Gasso kind of echoed that. Again, the head coach, Um, everyone knows, you know, Natty's for Patty. She kind of echoed that as well after the loss. Uh, she said that uh, previously that the win streak was continuing, but the team was looking, and this is her where it's kind of flat, and um she thought that the loss was going to ultimately turn into to a good thing, yeah, uh, you know because gives- that that pressure is gone and and it kind of snaps you back to reality too at a at the same time showing you that, hey, we're not perfect, you know we aren't fallible uh, you know Wisconsin is a better team than Northwestern, but it it is important to keep that a uh, that mental game centered again because ultimately these are still college athletes you know you're still dealing with people that are in a a very young age group and that mental game is huge
0: exactly because you just kind of i don't know it's, it, it just you can just calm down and play softball which helps but i don't know i i feel i, I feel pretty good about everything so uh yeah me first... too
2: i'm not i i'm not worried about northwestern uh we'll see what uh yeah, you know, comes down the road. There's everyone at OU, because softball is unfortunately kind of a secondary sport. Everyone seems to think that we're very dominant, which we are. But I think that around OU, maybe there's a a false sense of just how dominant we are. We are very dominant. And we have been for a long time. But there are other teams that really have been just as dominant that we'll end up seeing down the road.
0: Exactly. Because like, we are dominant, but... I don't know. That, that those SEC softball teams are pretty darn good, as we've seen in several World Series. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, first game is on Friday, and pretty sure you can watch the all square. of them on. Yeah, can watch all of them on the ESPN network. So check it out. Um, tickets sold out in three minutes today. Actually, they did.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Is I, I uh, love. Love, love, love going to OU softball games. I love going to OU baseball games as well, and uh, but softball is just something special. I definitely would recommend that anyone go uh, to any OU softball game that you get the chance to in Norman. It's a it's a really neat experience with a yeah. really awesome group of fans because, like you said, the tickets sold out super quickly uh, because unfortunately the stadium where OU softball plays only seats. I want to say thirteen hundred and some change off the top of my head. So there's not that many seats for as successful as we are.
0: Yeah. They are building a new stadium though. Uh I don't know I can't really remember where. But it's kinda it's kinda a long in, in Hoff right there. So they're they're gonna build a new softball stadium for them. So
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's good because we see 1378 right now. And and like you're saying, we frequently host uh tournaments, whether they be regionals or or the higher level tournaments, just through where they're decided upon by the NCAA and then also through the uh the seed that we have. So it's that's awesome to see if we're we're building a a bigger, better, nicer stadium.
0: Exactly. Well, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, pivot on, you know, we'll, we'll probably get some more uh, softball updates and as we go along. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be talking about the College World Series soon. So, All yeah, right.
2: hopefully. Well, and again, we're learning listeners as, as you guys do. So expect this to continue to improve as, as we start to develop that history with the team as well.
0: Oh, yeah. By the time the college world series, uh, women's college world Re- world series final rolls along, we will be absolute experts. All right. Yeah. So we're moving on to the next portion of this segment, which is, um, we're going to draft the art, our, our uh, top five favorite, uh, non big three college sports. So that means football uh basketball and we're gonna go baseball uh all eliminated so kind of the secondary ones we're gonna show love to the ones that uh that that really don't get enough love so i'm gonna flip a coin which is i I, know
2: (laughs) it's uh, terrible radio you can go first on this one i've gone first on the past two times we've uh we've done lists
0: okay yeah
2: I'm i'm gonna pass the baton off to you and you can take the uh first shot here
0: okay cool i was i was gonna lie anyways and give myself first pick anyways so okay um (laughs) all right so my first pick i know we literally just finished talking about it i'm gonna go softball um i think softball in in some cases i think OU definitely included uh can actually kind of be the third best sport and at some schools it has a different energy than baseball i feel like uh I feel like the game moves faster I feel it has just this energy that baseball sometimes doesn't have there's a like this level of passion to to the game little less decorum than baseball usually has uh even in the college level and I, I don't know I I think I I'm going to give it to softball Okay
2: yeah I think that's uh that's very fair I mean especially at OU um everything you said about softball is correct i and uh again it is very similar to the game of baseball and if you're a baseball fan and you go to ou softball is exponentially a better atmosphere i would still recommend going to every ou baseball game you can but it's uh softball is a, a different atmosphere and it's a uh, it's really cool because it's still Almost like a, a family, like small town atmosphere. It, it's really cool. Uh, if you yeah, been to an OU softball game, it is a it's an absolute must.
0: Yeah, it's a really cool niche area of the fandom. So, Ty, what's yeah. your first?
2: Okay, so my first pick, I'm gonna go gender neutral. There, the NCAA splits them, but uh, it's the same sport. My next pick is going to be golf, ah. um, because it is a. I don't I'm going to assume that you've never been to an NCAA golf.
0: No, but I really wanted to. They had the championship in uh Carston Creek and Stillwater a couple years ago though, which actually last year. So I, I should have gone then, but
2: Okay, yeah. So I've been I've been to one NCAA golf match um and then I've been to a few you know different level, but we're we're sticking to college um but it is uh it's really neat. It's a college golf is a different atmosphere. Um, Higher level golf is also very fun to go to in person. It is not the same as watching the golf channel. I promise. Uh, But if you get a a small crew together, especially of people that aren't too rowdy, but can still have fun and maybe pregame it a little bit uh, going to uh, college golf is uh actually really neat, especially if you're gonna follow a specific player around. You know, you're not just standing there, you're moving hole to hole. And uh it can be it can be really, really cool. Um and OU actually has a decent men's golf team right now. Um, yep. I'm not sure about women's golf unfortunately. I I would promise that they're equally as fun to go to. But uh but yeah i'm gonna I'm gonna go with golf again also shout out to my friend ross who plays uh this is his uh, redshirt red shirt senior year from Mississippi state, so he's done now but uh yeah golf is uh golf's really cool to go to in person. i definitely recommend it if you can uh get out there again to anyone listening
0: for sure they uh yeah it's i've I've only heard good things about it, so yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah, um,
2: it's, it's worth putting a crew together. It's not the same as watching the Golf Channel.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it it looks pretty fun, and especially the college where they have uh, the, the team plays, you know, everything. It it looks like a really fun time.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, so my second, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with another big OU sport. I'm going to go gymnastics Uh, because we're doing the gender, you know, uh, just gender neutral. I'm going to go gymnastics with an emphasis on the women's uh especially at the Lloyd Noble Center oh my gosh they go crazy we went to one of those our freshman year I believe
2: yeah Uh, I went to a few I'm I'm gonna assume that we went to one together I didn't have the class obligations that everyone else did so I went to a lot of sporting events
0: yeah no I uh (laughs) (laughs) you 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 probably had the obligations I
2: had yeah I had the (laughs) obligations
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure one time you skipped a uh, class to go to the cat or a, a, you skipped a test to go to the calf at one point
2: probably i mean i had like 25 swipes a week so i mean i had to use them
0: oh yeah no that that's that month. that's more important i agree uh but yeah i'm gonna go uh jim uh both i mean OU is absolutely jim you both the men's and women's absolutely kill it every year um women's just won another the women's gym just won another national title men's like came narrowly close to winning another one as well uh but yeah no that's that is an experience especially at Deloitte Noble with uh the women's gym or gym it people pack it out it's a it's a fun fun event especially because everything's all kind of going on at once You track it all very high pace very exciting
2: yeah Uh, it's free as well And it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I, again, I can't speak highly enough to go to as many sporting events in person as you can, period. But, uh, gymnastics is really neat. It's even if you're not really even paying attention, it's just an awesome venue to go to and and hang out and, uh, talk to people, get to know people. It's very casual very friendly you will see people that know so much about it and will be tremendously friendly and and willing to explain it to you if you just go alone like a weirdo for example (laughs) and just happen to sit down next to some people that uh know a lot about it and stuff so it's yeah yeah i i can't speak enough to and again that's a little bit unique to ou just because of the success I don't think it's unique to OU. I, I think if we were a school that wasn't good, maybe it would be a little bit different. But at OU, yeah, it's it's an awesome atmosphere, and it's it's an absolute must.
0: Yeah, for sure. What's your second?
2: Okay, so for my second, I'm going to have to go with – this is a really wild one for OU specifically, but it's one that I kind of have always – enjoyed watching in person and that is i'm gonna go gender neutral again that's tennis
0: Uh Ah, requires
2: a little bit more decorum than than maybe softball no more than golf but it's it's a it's neat again to uh, to go and observe it's more fast-paced you're sitting there so it's cool i'm kind of basing my list off of what is fun to kind of watch in person I think um but yeah tennis is a uh, is really neat I don't uh really can't speak to OU men's might even be club at OU I don't even know it's, if it's in CIA yeah, yeah. it's worse okay
0: yeah, yeah we, we've gone just... we've gone pretty far at uh at times shout out to my guy Spencer Papa uh but yeah no I think we lost in the finals a couple years ago to UVA but we've, we've been pretty decent at, at men's uh, tennis, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I... Looking back, I really did not utilize uh, the most of my free uh, non-football basketball uh, sports. But tennis would have been awesome.
2: <laughs> it's okay.
0: I, I am, I'm recording this pod- podcast filled with regret. Anyways, mm. um okay, so my third we will see you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can sneak in. I'm Scott, sure
2: you can you can sneak into gymnastics and everything else
0: nobody cares. Uh, I'll just flash the OUID. They don't they don't scan it. I still have it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be confused why there's a class of 2018 ID, but I'm like, "Hey, you know what? Sixth year." We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll pretend I'm a sixth year, and not not oh, graduated. Seen it before. That's true. Oh yeah, no, no for sure. Um Okay, so my next one um, – you know, I'm going to go – OU doesn't have uh, a a varsity of this, but I'm still going to go – I'm still going to pick this just in general for NCAA. Uh, ice hockey. Uh, not a really Is big that? deal. Yeah, it's not a really big deal in this part of the country, but in the Northeast, it gets absolutely intense. They have uh, their, their version of the Final Four called the Frozen Four, um, and it's usually just a war between – bunch of Northeastern schools like Boston University, Yantra, and then you got like Minnesota and North Dakota who just – I don't know. It, it seems like a just a really fun type of event. They pack it out and yeah, I'm going to go ice hockey.
2: I can agree with that. I've never been to a collegiate – oh, you have a club team that you can go to. Um, I want to say they play in Moore.
0: Yeah, the uh, Blazers uh, Ice Center.
2: But, yeah, I've been to a few NHL games, which were awesome. Um, also had awesome seats, though. They were We had season tickets in the box for Panthers games, who sucked at the time, and they still do, uh, <laughs> when I lived in Florida. But, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Um, hockey is is a super neat sport i can't get into it enough i know some people that are really big bay area hockey fans i know a person that appears to be a big bay area hockey fan even though i think he spent about two weeks of his life in the bay area
0: and <laughs> uh and uh <laughs> throwing throwing shots here at uh broken haterade
2: yeah and um you know I, we know a good number of people from dallas seem to be pretty big stars fans and mike ryan used to have a, a hockey jersey that he i think spent his entire net worth on so he wore all the time but um yeah hockey's a tremendous i would definitely agree with that i, I really want to go to an ou hockey game
0: yeah they have a bitter rivalry with ucl for some reason it's pretty funny
2: it's an interesting rivalry
0: but <laughs> <laughs> it's club the one thing
2: club sports so.
0: yeah it's the one thing uco competes with us in, and they just get like insanely intense about it it's hilarious
2: i believe it all
0: right so what's your number three
2: my next one yeah is kind of in the same vein as yours i don't think ou even has a club sport who has a club that does this and that is again gender neutral skiing
0: oh what really uh, I, I don't think i knew okay okay You has a
2: club they have like a skiing club that you can pay bring your own stuff and they like maybe pitch in for a van or something once or twice a year but this is really <laughs> big at the at the schools that you would expect um you know colorado and uh and similar but if you've never been to a this kind of transcends the the ncaa again because i'm trying to speak to my experience in person but uh skiing events are really cool to go to whether it's it's ski racing or or something else um you know because you can spend the day out on the slopes and then just go kind of hang out by the lodge and uh and watch it's a neat atmosphere because it's more of a extreme sport i guess you know they're a lot more closely tied to the x games in america and in europe ski racing is a lot more tied to the olympics and and even it's it's their big professional sport in some countries like like switzerland but it's um it's a neat atmosphere it's it's a it's a very young crowd it's a very lively crowd it's a very flask in my ski jacket and uh (laughs) and have fun and then you know go enjoy the the apres scene whether that's at the the lodge or in the nearby city but yeah skiing i'm gonna have to go with uh just because i love it uh skiing and boarding and uh, just the atmosphere in the town but yeah
0: for Sure, I'm not gonna lie. If there was an OU ski club, I would just assume that it was some sort of underground cocaine society. Yeah,
2: that's what <laughs> I would assume. Oh, they have a skydiving club now, too. That I oh heard wow, about the other day. I think they're trying to gauge interest, but yeah, huh?
0: Oh. Shout out Lots to the uh, oh, yeah, shout out to the OU sailing club, which, No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was, oh God. In that. yeah, because it was, it was basically just uh, I, I don't know what it was really, but it was. Some sort of, like, weird offshoot of our fraternity. Oh, was it? I think so. I, so I don't know. know.
2: <laughs> if you do Navy and Marine Corps ROTC, they make you do it. And they have all the boats.
0: Okay, so well, I, that might actually be different, then. i think spent my
2: time on Lake Thunderbird in a little one- or two-man sailboat.
0: Okay, I think you were actually in a real boat club, then. I think we. I think whatever club they had was different. That might be
2: a front for something else, then.
0: That probably is a front. I <laughs> <That> was not. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh. Anyways, number four. I hate. To... I here we here I am continuing our theme of picking non OU things, but I'm gonna go lacrosse. Uh. Yeah. OU has yeah. OU has a club lacrosse team. Um. Cool guys. But, cool. cool guys from what I've heard. So
2: I I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm gonna. Oh no, you're fine. Go for it. Pitch. OU has a club men's lacrosse team. Really cool dudes. If you come from a background where you can get along with douchey people, from I, again,
0: sorry, <laughs> sorry
2: if we can say that,
0: you could say it, it's, go for it. That's hilarious. <laughs> we'll
2: bleep that part out. If you can get along with prep and private school kids from Dallas and Houston, which, if you're in a house at OU that's not a, hey, we'll just bleep this out because it'll sound funnier. If you're not in a sh- to your house, if you're <laughs> <laughs> if you can get along with uh with private school kids from Dallas and Houston, the dudes would love to have you. I haven't spoken to one in probably two years. So I don't know anyone on the current team, but they would love to have you at their games. They're during the school year in the spring. They are after school, kind of like IMs. They're usually out at the IM fields. They would love to have as many people there as they can really cool dudes again i would definitely recommend good they basically pay for everything themselves um but definitely if you can support the men's lax team at ou do it
0: didn't mean to yeah. interrupt bobby you can continue oh no you're good we <laughs> that was that was incredible also r.i.p.ka uh not really yeah. good. Not, not not just kidding don't actually uh, not actually r.i.p.ka you guys sucked uh, anyways, uh, I'm gonna go lacrosse. I had a brief stint as a lacrosse player, by the way, Ty. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, shouts at to Edmund. OU? No, 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 no. At in Edmund, uh, when I was I was a wee lad in middle uh, school. Uh, I I, I, I
2: played I, professional football in Austria.
0: Yeah, well, I actually quit lacrosse so I could I could train for that. My I don't remember what my position was, but I I had a big stick and my job was to hit people. So. That's all I really remember from my lacrosse days, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and this pick primarily is is uh, a shout to to Taylor Keys, who is our uh, uh, in terms of my, in terms of friends, definitely the resident Lax bro, and uh, has naturally. Yeah, naturally. Being, he, being that yeah. he
2: went to school in Virginia, I, this is not oh, yeah. a jab at Keyes' hair, which is also <laughs> tremendous.
0: It's actually good now. It's actually like a like a good haircut. So, yeah, anyways. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm going to go lax, shouts, keys. Uh, from what he said, the college lax games were pretty good. So, all right, moving on Did to. Did he play your... at
2: UVA? Because that's actually kind of impressive.
0: No, he didn't play at UVA. Oh,
2: okay. Uh, no, not, of course
0: not. No, no keys. not keys. Not keys. I
2: don't know. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's news to me.
0: Oh no, we, uh, we we would have talked about it. He he played in like high school or in middle school. I don't know. I don't really know. Anyways, moving on to number four. Okay,
2: my next one. This is going to be off the wall. I'm going to lump men's and women's into one. Um, again, broadly similar, a little bit different at the collegiate level, and this is because I have some connections to it, and that is going to be rowing or crew.
0: Men's oh yeah. and
2: women's. Um, and I'm going to call that one because the Olympic training center in Oklahoma city. So this is something that you can go experience. It's an awesome workout, um, pretty easy on your joints and, uh, it's a great full body kind of cardio, but still some strength. And I think it's interesting because the big 12, when it comes to women's rowing is kind of. One of the premier, if not the premier, conferences when it comes to women's rowing. So the Big 12 has obviously its member teams, but then there's affiliate schools that are affiliated just for a specific sport. And the Big 12 includes for rowing schools like the University of Alabama, um, Old Dominion University right down the road from me here in Virginia. Um,
0: Shouts to the Monarchs. It also,
2: yeah, it also includes, uh, I want to say, the Air Force Academy um, and several other uh, kind of, like, San Diego State. Not San Diego, South Dakota State. Um, and I want to say Wyoming are also among a few other schools in the Big 12 for women's rowing. And, Tennessee, and, too. Yeah, in Tennessee. So several what you would assume to be SEC schools are actually truly big 12 schools because nothing really compares to women's rowing.
0: Uh, <laughs> women's rowing is the benchmark of college sports.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, I know, uh, I know several, um, former men's rowing athletes at the collegiate level from the Naval Academy where it's a very significant, um, sport so uh, actually shout out to to drew craig from uh tulsa who is a uh a captain in the marine corps but he he rode at the naval academy oh nice uh, as well so yeah i i'm gonna have to go rowing because i've been exposed to some people that are passionate about it it has a good uh, oklahoma city connection and then an interesting big 12 connection
0: yeah for sure also also yeah if you if you row, you're more, way more likely to possibly get ripped off on your social uh, network you started. Oh my
2: goodness, I was gonna say that. I was gonna, I, I, like, I was gonna make a Winklevoss connection.
0: <laughs> yeah, that. Sorry to, I, I, just, I just took your Winklevoss joke right out of your hands there. They made out
2: fine. Though. <laughs> uh, they made out fine on crypto.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they're, they're, they're good. They're good. They, we, this. I, I do not feel bad for the Winklevosses one bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with my last pick. And okay. I was kind of hoping you would end up picking it because I really didn't want to pick it, but I have to pick it because I've seen just vid- just at least videos on Twitter for how cool it is. I got to go wrestling just because it's available. Um, I wasn't going to pick it.
2: I'm not going to uh, lie. It was nowhere near my, my list. So
0: I, I'm only going to pick it for the reason that it's really... Just wild to me how intense Oklahoma State fans get over this. If you've seen any clips of their uh, their meets for bedlam or anything, they just freak out. Um, I'm, I'm sure OU people show up for it. OU has a decent tradition, couple national titles in the '50s, but I don't know any sport that can fire people up that much, which is a rare thing. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with wrestling just because. I don't know, OSU people freak out. Iowa people freak out. They had a wrestling, they had a wrestling Kinnick Stadium, and relatively packed it. So wrestling definitely uh, is on my list. Rounds it out number five. So
2: yeah, I mean, I I'm not really into to wrestling. Um, It's cool though. I mean, grappling and I guess like ground fighting is fun. (laughs) <laughs> a fair amount of experience in that, but uh, yeah, I don't, I, I've never been to a wrestling match event, whatever it's called, in person. So
0: I was running out of options.
2: We can explore in the future. Yeah, there's not that many college sports when you really look at it. Um, for my last one, and for me, my list was really in no particular order because I just love attending all sorts of sports in person uh even stuff i'm not interested in i can really really get into in person because uh like i was talking about it at ou softball and gymnastics if you go there's always going to be people there they're very passionate and knowledgeable and it's it's really cool in my opinion to kind of put yourself in their shoes and really go all in on uh enjoying those those tremendous sports and opportunities um so for mine and uh my last one and again this is in no particular order Uh, i wish i would have thrown this one earlier because i'm not as passionate as about some of them that i've spoken to but i'm gonna go with soccer men's and women's uh men's club at ou um and again i'm sure that they would enjoy all the support that they can get uh for the club teams, because they're people that that are passionate about that sport, uh, and they are good at that sport, and they they pay a lot out of pocket to be able to play at at the level they do, and to still go and represent the school like all the other sports do, and then and then women's, which is a a big time NCAA sport at OU. Um, soccer games are really fun to go to. I don't know, Bobby, if you went, we went to one one time with a group to like a UNT UCO game at at UCO oh I was
0: there I I was definitely there yeah
2: um but they're neat that was a women's game uh but they're neat to go to either way I think especially if you have someone that has either played soccer for a long time like a lot of friends of ours or I'm sure everyone knows someone that's played soccer for a long time um I actually played soccer for a long time um or just someone that again, we know someone like this as well that maybe never really played soccer, but is just really into FIFA um so they think they know about soccer <laughs> um, but yeah they're they're neat to go to um and uh it's just a great I can't speak to enough to you know go out and support the club teams. all the events are free, and they they absolutely love anyone that goes. At OU, and uh, really, if you get a good group of friends together, any any sporting event that you can go to live is uh, is going to be a great experience. So yeah, I'm gonna for my last one again in no particular order is going to be both men's and women's soccer at OU.
0: Yeah, uh, I know only women's is in NCAA at OU, but I'm sure there's a men's soccer team out there. It's
2: it's, it's club. It's a club yeah. team so they they play other universities and they uh they wear ou uniforms and they they travel and and everything else to go and play in those those tournaments and everything but they they pay pretty much everything out of pocket or a good amount at least so yeah definitely go support them i i'm not sure off the top of my head when either of their seasons are but uh
0: yeah, I know the what I think the women's is in fall, and I have no idea about the men's, but uh, just to recap, uh, here are our teams. Uh, so I have softball, gym, uh, hockey, lacrosse, and wrestling. <laughs> and I and uh, Ty has golf, tennis, skiing, row, and soccer. So, yeah, just, just a little reminder you know, uh, I mean, OU football is great and all, OU basketball is awesome too, but. You know, go 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 support support some other sports. You might be uh you might be pretty impressed with what you find. So yeah,
2: yeah I, and, and definitely one one last uh kind of shot at, at supporting the other sports at, at OU especially is none of them conflict with football. Um a few of them here and there may overlap with basketball but they're all free to go to as a student if you're still a student, and they're just great experiences. It's it's just a great excuse to get out with your friends, and uh, and go do something neat. If if you know you're into that, it's a great excuse to to drink. And uh, everyone that plays those sports again is a they're a student athlete, and they love nothing more than seeing people in the stands or people you know, out at the field there to support them because every one of them that we've mentioned are out there playing, representing the school and uh, really giving it their all. So yeah, absolutely support, support all the uh, OU sporting events that you can.
0: For sure. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think that pretty much wraps this up. Uh, Ty, do you have uh, any final thoughts before we uh, end this thing?
2: not on this podcast but everyone stay tuned we have a lot a lot of good content lined up and planned for the future some some unique stuff that you've never seen before and uh, some of the old stuff that you've uh grown accustomed to love and uh it's i know we're gonna have a little bit of a change between me and jameson but i promise that you guys are gonna love the upcoming season of the, the schooner pod. And, and like Bobby said, Jameson's going to be a periodic inconsistent addition to the, uh, the pod as well. So if you love some of his segments, like crew and corner, don't, don't give up. Cause I can't speak to recruiting at all.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we're well, well. still going
2: to be there. So yeah, everyone should be really excited for yeah. uh, hopefully the best season yet.
0: Oh yeah. This is uh it's going to be interesting. We got a lot, kind of coming we're we're scheming some stuff and let me put it this way like this has been a very fun like kind of side project and everything and you know I've, I've had a great i've had a really good time doing it but we're about to what we're gonna do we're gonna it's it's gonna be stuff that i don't think really any ou it, really any ou media is really doing out there so we're gonna we, turn we, it up we're
2: gonna we've we've done our research and uh we bobby and i both i think i can speak to him here we are passionate about some good journalism um you know me especially i've been published by total friday before no uh, uh,
0: <laughs> no big deal no big deal no no, no big deal just just <laughs> a, a tfm writer
2: um yeah no but we're we're both passionate about really uh good journalism and there's a lot of really good journalism about oklahoma and, and ou sports but uh there's some areas that we found that we'd like to see that we can really add to. So be excited for that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's going to get good. We're going to turn it up a notch and I don't know, just, just stay tuned. Uh, if, if what we've had, you know, before has just been a fun little, fun little hobby. This is about to be, it's about to be, get pretty good. So just, I don't know, just get excited. So Ty, thank you so much for having me on. And I, I Thank am... you so
2: much for having me. Thanks everyone for listening.
0: Yeah, I'm over the moon, and I'm excited to uh, get this thing started. uh, You know, in full gear, come fall, we'll see you quite often there in the summer. All right.
2: Yeah, yeah. And if you guys haven't been enjoying the audio quality, we're going to be recording these in person uh, starting soon, so uh, that should get better as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're kind of we're kind of having to MacGyver this thing and kind of cobble it together, but things are things are getting a lot more professional. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice. So. Thank you all for thank you thank thanks thanks for coming on Ty always always great to have you and uh, yeah all right I'm gonna probably cut this and then yeah we'll, we'll just go from there we'll just go to uh, my all right so that was our podcast thank you guys so much for listening uh, we would love to hear any changes suggestions. Any On the format, topics, anything, please let us know. We would love to hear your input. We really want to grow this thing, see what we can do this summer. Um, but, yeah, on behalf of me, Ford, Ty, and everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please rank the podcast five stars on iTunes, wherever you listen to your stuff. Hit that subscribe button. You can hear us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally any anything out there so please 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 give us some love out there we really appreciate it helps us grow and uh yeah so thank you so much for listening this has been off the wagon and we will see you next week